You're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. In today's episode, we're going to have a catch up on our latest TFN Talks webinar. Took place earlier this week and it was all about northern growth and how we can build back better. I'm also going to be joined by my colleague Stephen a bit later on to have a quick roundup of the Chancellor's summer statement this week. So TFN Talks, this was the third instalment in our new webinar series. Hope you've been enjoying them so far. Uh, If you've not been tuning in, then they are free to attend and you can find all the details on our website, transportforthenorth.com. Just navigate to the TFN Talks page and you'll be able to find out about all the upcoming discussions, sign up, and you can also watch back the previous ones as well. So in today's podcast, we're going to bring you a bit of a roundup and some clips from the latest TFN talks, like I say, all about northern growth and building back better following the Prime Minister's speech the week before. This TFN talks was hosted by Hannah Miller, political correspondent at ITV Granada, and our panellists were Andy Burnham, Mayor of Greater Manchester, Lord Jim O'Neill, who is the Vice Chair of the Northern Powerhouse Partnership and a former Commercial Secretary to the Treasury, and Sarah Longlands, Director of IPPR North. So some of the key talking points then, and we'll bring you a few of the clips from that discussion. First up, uh, we'll start with Mayor Andy Burnham. Now, he spoke about his wish for a London-style transport system. Um, He says that he's frustrated by the unreliability, uh, the fragmentation of services, and also the cost of using public transport. He says the car is still king in the north, and that has to change. Let's hear from him. We've got to accelerate the reform of public transport in this moment. So we've got an unprecedented opportunity here where the state is subsidising transport outside of London at a scale it's never done before in our lifetimes. And it's subsidising not just railways, but bus and and light rail. This is a moment where we can create London-style, integrated, affordable, reliable public transport in the cities outside of London. And actually what I would do is link it very much to the clean air agenda. So as a stimulus to the economy, we help people switch their vehicles, but we also help bus companies switch to uh, electric uh, vehicles. Um, And we we bring these two things together and we see a a huge acceleration of the reform of public transport towards that that integrated system uh, with a cap of what people can spend. You know, the, the cost of public transport holds back the northern economy. You know, if you were to travel on Metrolink bus and train in any given day, you can spend easily over £20. That doesn't happen in London. The public transport system in London supports a productive economy and opens up opportunity to people to travel. We don't have that in the north. And sadly, the car is still king in the north because it's often cheaper, more reliable for people to get around. We have to change that. And so I would say take this moment to accelerate the reform of public transport. And next, we're going to hear a little bit from Sarah Longlands. She spoke about the importance of tackling inequality across the north. Uh, and she referenced an innovative new idea of creating a young people's panel that would report into local government and ensure that the needs of, of young people are addressed and high on the agenda. She also spoke about the need for public money to work hard and putting money back in people's pockets, which is something the, uh, the Chancellor referenced as well, which we'll come to later. But here's Sarah. 
There are things that government can do and, and obviously there was a big speech last week, the build, build, build speech, um, which um, to be honest, uh, was a lot of announcements that we'd already heard before, was very much a reheating of, of, of existing commitments. And, and whilst I think that those types of schemes um, uh, can actually help to, to achieve um, you know, good quality jobs and all the rest of it, you have to do more than just simply put the money in place. You have to make sure that public money works hard. And it's like Andy said, you've got to make sure that if public money has been used to, to build, um, if it, whether it's housing or bridges or new transport schemes, you have to make sure that those jobs are actually good quality jobs, giving people a decent wage, um, giving them decent terms of, of condition, um, and are actually making sure that the money that's been invested by the public sector is going back into people's pockets, because otherwise, what is the actual point? Yeah, okay, so on the young people point, um, I mean, IPPR just published some research at the weekend, which showed that, you know, over the next few months, um, something like 620,000 young people between the ages 18 and 24 are likely to be jobless and to, to, to lose their job or not be able to get a job. Why not? Let, why don't we just, you know, commit to actually setting up a young people's panel for the whole of the North, um, where we choose 50, 60 young people at random and we get them to, to sit down with the, the mayors and the leaders of the North to actually develop a programme for recovery, a programme for what a better North might look like. Um, and that would help to inform the work of all the mayors across the North, but all the, the, the regional um, all of the, the local authority leaders as well, and actually set out a real programme which is devised by them and, and that they feel actually part of. And I think you know, that there's no reason why we couldn't be doing that. Lord Jim O'Neill, he spoke about the boost to the North's economic growth in a sustainable way. He believes the North has the potential to be a leader in alternative energies. And he also said about national and regional productivity being too weak and referenced the opportunity to focus on green policies. Our bigger problem, we did have in January record in employment, as it's described, um, of all time. And our, our real problem is productivity is weak. And by focusing properly, properly on strategic priorities like net zero, we, we could come out of this mess actually doing something a bit more seriously about some of our productivity issues. And so it really should take huge priority. The North is, is here, is one of the three things which the North has genuine world-class capabilities in. The vast parts of alternative energies in the UK are based in the North. And I really hope things like advanced modular reactors and various other uh, natural assets of the North and its history can be put to enormous use here to, to make a strategic gameplay uh, to the future of the country by using what the North has got. Back to Sarah now on the North's rich natural assets. And again, she picks up on the potential for generating renewable energy. IPPR, we published a plan in, in the beginning of June, um, earlier in, in well, June just passed, um, in the middle of COVID, we published a plan for nature in the North, um, which basically set out our thoughts on, on um, the fact that we felt that nature should be a really core part of the recovery in the north of England because the north is so rich when it comes to, to nature. Let's build on those strong foundations um, uh, to actually help create new jobs, like, for example, what Andy mentioned in terms of decarbonisation, but also in, in ecosystem management. There are lots of potential opportunities to, um, to reclaim and, and redevelop 
um, are our ecosystems which have been really badly degraded in recent years. And, and, and research has shown that by doing that, you can actually um, create a, a massive return on investment as well. Um, so I think that, and I think there's a real opportunity for North. We suggest it in our, in our paper that if Northern leaders came together to agree a consensus and a way forward and a strategy for that, then that could really have a, a massive impact on, on our future recovery. Andy Burnham looked at the potential for reskilling and retraining, creating future-proof jobs that meet that green zero carbon vision. Again, this is something we're going to come to at the end with Stephen when we look at the Chancellor's statement, very much focused around jobs. But let's hear what Andy Burnham had to say. So the opportunity, you asked me, can we, can we create jobs? Yes, because domestic properties need to be retrofitted. Um, and that will require retraining a lot of people to, to do that kind of work. And, you know, I'm told in Greater Manchester, if we're to hit 2038, which is our, uh, our ambition, um, it will need thousands of people, a workforce of thousands to do, that, to do that work. So there is clearly a job, an immediate job creation opportunity if you are to accelerate your zero carbon ambitions. Devolution was also high on the agenda and again Andy Burnham weighs in here talking about the need to rebalance the political debate and get powers to the regions. This has got to be a moment for devolution. I mean I would say this wouldn't I, I'm biased, but I think devolution is beginning to work. It's definitely rebalancing the political debate in our country and IPPR played a big role in that Sarah and we're really grateful to you. Um, but, but it is now, the debate about regional inequality is very live. And, you know, and Transport for the North actually has played its, played its role in that. And I just need to say this, you know, they helped us in the middle of the rail crisis speak with one clear voice. All of the North spoke with one clear voice. And I think we ended up bringing a measure of stability back to the railways in the North because we were able to do that. So, you know, these structures, we're kind of making them work for the first time, but they are working. And I would say really make this a moment for devolution. Maybe my last point, Hannah, I know you're kind of running up against the clock. Thank you both for joining us and to Jim as well. We've had Andy, Sarah and Jim O'Neill. Um, please do continue to share this chat. The hashtag is TFN Talks. Uh, it will be available for people to watch afterwards as well. So everyone who missed out, you can tell them how great it was. I think um, we've heard some really interesting ideas, particularly Sarah's Young People's Panel is getting quite a lot of pick up on our chat here. We might have just created another job for ourselves. Um, but yeah, for now, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And um, we look forward to continuing the debate. So that was our latest TFN Talks webinar. As I've said, if you want to tune in for the next one, then head to our website, transportforthenorth.com. You'll find the TFN Talks page there and be able to sign up for the next webinars. And you can also watch back in full all the previous ones as well if you missed any of those. Some great talking points there then from our TFN Talks session earlier this week. Uh, and now I'm joined by my colleague, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Hi, Gemma. I'm very well, thank you. Jolly good. Uh, what did you make of the discussion at our, our latest TFN Talks? Yeah, I think it was really good. I think it was a great way to start the week at, you know, nine o'clock on a Monday morning. What, what more could you ask for, really? Um, I think... I think obviously the, the the clear thing that came through to me was, which is probably not not a surprise to to anybody, which is actually the you know a crisis provides an opportunity as much as anything else. And I think I think every single one of the speakers identified, you know, this is a great chance for us to push forward with the with the levelling up agenda and you know rebalancing the north. 
and getting it on the front foot. And I think, you know, Andy Burns, like you mentioned, was the big priority, was actually kind of like a London-style transport system. This is our chance to potentially change how people how people travel and how people work and 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 have a look at that, uh, particularly when it comes to things like active travel as well. Uh, you know, I think if, if anybody's managed to make it to, to Manchester, really, you know, they've, they've, they have closed off a lot of um, a lot of roads and pedestrianised a lot of areas. Uh, and I think we'll probably potentially want to see more of that kind of thing. And uh, obviously, Lord O'Neill said, you know, that there's a chance now to actually do economic growth in a more sustainable way and factor that in. Uh, you know, Sarah Long's referred to the to the to the natural um, assets report that they've just recently done. Uh, so I think there was there was you know there's there's definitely a huge opportunity now, and everybody seems to be on that. And I think one of the nice things about the panel is everybody seems to be broadly aligned with where we could go in the north with uh, coming out of COVID nineteen. Yeah, there was a lot discussed, wasn't there? I mean, obviously, you know, the 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 theme of the of the session uh, was around northern growth and 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 building back better. And there's a lot you can talk about within that. And as as we as we've heard, you know, the the, the panelists were looking at inequality, about jobs, and um, about alternative energies, about sustainability, devolution. All of these things, you know, are part of recovery, growth, and that that building back better theme, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that was it. And obviously, th- thank you, Hannah Miller did a, a, a great job chairing as well. And I think she managed to, you know, bring out and keep keep everybody aligned onto that uh, that same topic. Like, say, everything that everybody spoke about, the word different. Uh, each person seems to have. I wouldn't necessarily say different priorities, but they chose to, you know, speak about different different things. But they were all aligned to essentially a very similar vision, which is how do you make the north better. Um, and I think, and I think, yeah, and, and like I say, it fits in anchors very much around the sustainability aspects. But uh, you know, Jim O'Neill's a big fan of increasing productivity. You know, productivity is is weak in in the north and in the UK more broadly. So it's like, how do you how do you encourage that? Uh, and I think he mentioned, you know, about having higher quality jobs in the different industries and you know, there's areas in the north like advanced manufacturing where we have the potential to be world-class really um and we want to see investment into those types of areas um and i think yeah and it's, it provides a great platform for us to go forward and build on but you know the, the current situation is probably better time than any to actually facilitate that investment while we're having such changes anyway so that um brings us on to then let's have a catch-up on the chancellor's statement this week and again it, it all feeds in that we heard the prime minister last week his speech was all about build 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 the chancellor's summer statement this week uh, was very much focused on jobs and spending people need to know that although hardship lies ahead no one will be left without hope mr speaker as well as investing in infrastructure we want to create green jobs This is going to be a green recovery with concern for our environment at its heart. As part of that, I'm announcing today a new £2 billion Green Homes Grant. From September, homeowners and landlords will be able to apply for vouchers to make their homes more energy efficient and create local jobs. What did you make of what the Chancellor said? Um, so I think obviously the, the 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 main thrust of it was based around you know jobs. I don't think we can we can get away from from that angle to it. Um, I think it was interesting. He obviously reinforced what Boris had said previously about you know the 5.8 billion to be spent on kind of shovel ready construction projects. 
which obviously includes includes a lot of local projects to boost economic recovery, uh, which is about one billion, and then obviously about 100 million to, to spend on local roads as well. Uh, so we're looking for the north to get its fair share from from those schemes. Um, but I think obviously there was there was also the, the further commitment to the leveling up agenda, which was welcome. We're we're pushing for that. Uh, we're still making sure that we're asking for you know a, a, a much grander commitment to a northern infrastructure pipeline and also uh, the delivery of Northern Paris Rail and HS2 in full. Obviously, we are aware that, you know, the integrated rail plan is still being developed, uh, but, you know, we, we'd still welcome a much, much grander commitment to those to those projects. And that's, you know, the pipeline idea as well. Um, other than that, I think, I think obviously the hospitality stuff is very welcome. I think we are, like I mentioned on this a few times, we don't see transport for transport's sake, transport's a means to an end. Um, and what by that, we tend to focus a lot on 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 the the northern economy. We tend to look at you know advanced manufacturing and those type of jobs that we want to see grow. But obviously, if you look at places like Cumbria, some of the more rural areas, and and the city regions for for that matter, you know that tourism is a massive a massive boost for those areas. So that any kind of support that can help those industries keep going is is obviously welcome. But uh, but yeah, in general, I think I think like I say, it wasn't really too much um, meat on the bone for us to get our teeth into. Uh, it's still quite, but but you know, obviously we we're looking forward to the to the comprehensive spending review and the budget later on this year, which probably will look to deliver more of what we're asking for. Uh, so we'll we'll keep our we'll we'll keep waiting for that really. Absolutely, and actually, as you say, it was very jobs focused in in particular but of course part of the uh, the calls for the northern infrastructure pipeline that we're making uh, the, the point of those is that as as part of the economic recovery plan for the north in, in development by by tfn's members and the, the part of the point of those is that they these are shovel ready schemes they can get going quite quickly and therefore there are you know potentially a lot of jobs to to be had if we can get those schemes going so it all it all fits in doesn't it, it all links up of course yeah and i think i think that's where our members are keen to, to emphasize you know obviously we think that decisions uh, for delivery of projects in particular should be made in the north by the north and for the north you know i think we we you know we're made up of the 20 local transport authorities in the north we understand um what the priorities are for the north of england perhaps better than the, the mayor do in, in london and you know and we, we're developing an economic recovery plan that will identify the schemes that we think can be pushed forward and delivered even sooner but obviously with the even though they're being delivered sooner they would still fit into our overarching strategy. You know, I, th I think in the long run, our vision doesn't change regardless of what um, what's happening with COVID-19. You know, the North is still much further behind than it should be. There's a lot of catching up to do. And, and, and this provides the opportunity to kind of fast track some of the things that we've wanted. So yeah, our, our board are in, are in the process of developing an economic recovery plan uh, that will obviously feed into the government as well. Um, we've already written to the Secretary, uh, Secretary of State Grant Shapps, you know, expressing where we want to go with this and what we're planning to do. And, and so as we were, that's kind of been warmly received, but you know, we need to get, make sure that we actually see some of the schemes that we want to, to, to happen essentially. Mm, absolutely. So uh, we've uh, had a busy couple of weeks then, the, the Prime Minister one week, the Chancellor the next week. I don't think we're expecting uh, any other big speeches or announcement. And of course, they'll be uh, looking forward to uh, a summer break, notwithstanding ongoing uh, coronavirus uh, recovery plans and, and activities. But as you say, uh, comprehensive spending review, budget, national infrastructure strategy, all of these things we're expecting to, to come out in the autumn. 
So we'll be very much uh, watching, waiting, continuing our calls for, for the things that we need to see for the north out of all those. And, uh, and we'll be ready to, to react, to respond and to, to bring you that news uh, as it happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's this kind of there's there's two aspects to the to to what we're looking at over the next few months. I think you know there's there's obviously the rebuild bit, you know, which is you know I think we're looking at to probably anchor that on 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 kind of a lot of the rail schemes that we're looking forward to. But then there's there's a transform bit as well. Like I say, that the north's quite far behind, so we want to push it push it forward uh, much more. And I think um, in line with what was discussed at, uh, by Jim O'Neill and Andy Burnham and, and Sarah Long was actually by, by all the panellists, but perhaps from different angles, which is it provides the opportunity to look at things from a much greener perspective. Um, so how can we transform the economy, uh, but actually do it in a sustainable way as well? Uh, so that's very much on our mind with as, as we look forward to the spending review. That's it then for this week, everybody. Thank you to Stephen for joining me. I hope you enjoyed listening to our discussions. Don't forget, you can stay in touch in between these podcasts in all sorts of ways. Head over to our website, transportforthenorth.com, for the latest news and also to find out what's coming up on TFN Talks. You'll be able to sign up and watch back the previous episodes. We're on social media, so you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and also on Instagram, follow Transport for the North, and you should find us on all of those channels. Uh, we will be keeping you up to date as much as possible on everything that's going on, and um, particularly on uh, Twitter, we'll be live tweeting all the latest happenings. And that includes from Rail North Committee on the 14th of July and also from TFN Board on the 29th of July. Both of those meetings are available for you to watch live online. Again, head to our website, go to the meeting section in, uh, in, the, in the calendar area and you'll be able to find the agenda, the papers and the watch live links for those meetings. Thanks again for listening and we will look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.